1: Hello and
2: welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett. Manchester United fans, happy Manchester United fans. Would that be right to say, Rob, after mm. some better performances in the last two games? Happy because of performances, more happier because
3: of results, not so happy because of a certain injury that we're going to talk about today. So yeah, good, isn't it? Like I think that United navigated this last week or so of games where let's be honest you could have really blown your Premier League charge couldn't you in this period Uh, and you've just been kind of waiting and itching haven't you for your midfielders to get fit and not suspended anymore and move forward and then what happens your big dog up top who scored 38% of all your goals this year blows up a hamstring or a groin so we'll talk about all of that today so
2: yes certainly happier with
3: the results and let's hope Man United can continue that
2: yeah how do you replace marcus rashford will be the topic of discussion uh today man united plays sevilla in the europa league on thursday i think it's safe to assume even though we as we record we have not had a prognosis on the extent of rashford's injury we are expecting it to be a few weeks you know I'm guessing so. The way he pulled up, it just didn't yeah. seem like that was uh, something that was just a precaution. That was, I think that was, the, you can see the way he landed, pulled up straight away, bit of an injury, muscular injury, probably means a few weeks out. So how do you replace him? How do you get round him? Luckily enough, maybe you don't, don't agree with this so much, Rob, but United do have in that left wing position probably more players who can play left wing than any other position on the pitch. <laughs> so they have a few options whether they are good options remains to be seen and we'll discuss that today
3: yeah positionally isn't the issue for me scoring goals is so it's about who scores your goals for you now and Rashford scored such a huge slice of that cake this year um the the the, the fear has always been that if you lose Rashford what do you do and now the fear is you've lost Rashford so decide what you're doing. So I think this is kind of where we all we we fall back into the striker conversation. And obviously, we'll be talking a lot about that this summer. I do think Man United will trigger that and go out and buy a striker. But this isn't really about the left wing for me or any of that. It's about the combinations of who you play through the middle. Who's the guy in the box you want the ball falling to? Is it Marcus Rashford? Or is it Veghorst? So uh, I think you might get more Veghorst than you maybe care to see in the next few weeks. But there's no doubt the manager has to try something, doesn't he? He's going to have to take maybe a risk or two that we've not seen earlier in the season. Might have to play one or two players out position.
2: Yeah, subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. uh, Apple, Google, Spotify and the likes. And watch us on YouTube, usually twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. Head over to the channel, like, subscribe, leave a comment for us as well. And follow us on Twitter and get in touch. At underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promise and Mu for the show, we'll be talking mainly about that today because obviously the Everton game is now a few days ago. Uh, well, there was a few things we maybe learned in that game that we'll talk about today, but we won't, won't go into it in too much depth because given it was now Saturday, Sunday, month
1: four days ago
2: ish, mm. something like that. Uh, So, old news in a sense, but uh, United's next game is on Thursday night, as we mentioned, against Sevilla in the Europa League. Uh, Casemiro is back, Ericsson is back, Bruno Fernandes and Casemiro could, if they uh, pick up a yellow card, be suspended for the return. So, let's hope Casemiro never gets suspended ever again, Uh, but (laughs) it remains to be seen. But we'll talk, we'll spend uh, time on today's show talking about how United get around this Rashford issue. Because we think that is probably going to be a massive challenge. Uh, now, let us know in the comments or via social media. Because I, I maybe I think I I'm more worried about United without Casemiro, or I have been than maybe I am about this. And Rob, you disagree? <laughs> yeah, disagree, but only mildly. So, like, there's no doubt that
3: without Casemiro, Manchester United are lesser, aren't you? Like, it's. You've had to change your whole system. You've gone from a 4-1-5 that's been highly successful to a 4-3-3 that's been a little bit bitty but has worked the last two games. You've got to a point where Bruno Fernandes is now playing so, so, so deep or deeper because you're trying to compensate with ball movement and everything. So you're right. Casemiro not being in the team has been a huge issue for Man United and you do hope now that he doesn't get injured or suspended or anything else for the rest of the season because you really do need him. But I just think that Rashford has been so electric at the other end of the pitch this season that he's carried United's and United's attack in the way that Casemiro's carried Man United's midfield. Like, hugely. Like, we've talked about a lot of players, haven't we, in the front line of Man United this season. There's been loads of discourse about Anthony's performances from United fans. Martial's been in and out with his injuries. Jaden Sancho has kind of been absent, but there, can't help you we've got the others like maybe palestri who've come in is garnacho going to come back now and play a big part for the end of the season there's always that as well but marcus has been pivotal i think if you didn't have marcus rashford this year you would not be top four like you would be nowhere near because you just haven't got the guy that puts the ball in the net rashford scores you so many different types of goals scott so that's why i feel more worried about that now because that confidence that rashford brings to the eleven is infectious. Now, I think that Casemiro kind of does the same, but for me, the guy he really missed in these last few weeks has been Ericsson, and that kind of showed in the Everton match just in for 15 minutes that a ball player who calms everything down, slows the game down to an applicable pace, and then gets you moving again. That, to me, is is the more important part. But Marcus losing him now, like we're expecting bad news in the next 24 hours on, on the groin. Let's just fingers crossed that it's not the worst possible news, which would be out for the season. Maybe he'll be back in a few weeks.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm expecting. Uh, the way he pulled up, maybe a few weeks won't be back yeah. straight away. I'd highly He straight highly away that. did that
3: in front of us. Like he was going, it's gone. Like, And some people are like, oh, he's got cramp. No, 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 no. Like when the player's going like that and he's like limping, like he's been shot in the leg and it's like, it all like heartbreak happens when you're in a stadium and you feel that you're like, oh no, because you're only thinking then about the next game. Um, we've got to get over the line in that football match, but at least Man United did did do that.
2: Yes, he was uh pretty electric in the League Cup tie at Nottingham Forest, uh, a few weeks ago. Hmm. Uh, and <laughs> I think he scored a goal from inside his own half, didn't he? Where carried the ball. I don't think there's a player in the squad who can really do that in the fashion that Marcus Rashford did, but. Like I say, United do have options to play on that left-hand side. So how do they go about replacing Marcus Rashford? Now, Jaden Sancho started left against Everton. Marcus Rashford through the middle. I will caveat all this, mind, with this really depends on Eric Ten Hag relying on Anthony Martial a lot more than he has, obviously, given Martial's injury record this season. But if you can edge marcial back in with a 30 minutes here and there over the next couple of games and longer term getting fit for the remainder i don't i'm not too angry about a sancho marcial anthony front three can sancho do it Hmm. you know he is he's proven in the champions league he's proven in the bundesliga i know it's a different kettle of fish but Jaden Sancho has proven. He, I think if there's been years where he's had 20 goals, 20 assists, you mm. know, more, more than once, he can do it. It's just a case of coaxing and out of him. Uh, and I'm kind of looking at the Rashford issue and thinking, Jaden Sancho's there. He's had a chance. He's never really taken his chance now. There are suggestions that if he's going to, I, I think I said it on last week's show, you need to run in the team in order to get up to speed. I kind of have a bit of faith that he'll do it.
3: Yeah, I I do think that slowly but surely, but very quietly, his performance are incrementally improving. So in the last match, he played best part of, what, 70-odd minutes, Pass succession rate of 95%, which is absolutely world-class and outstanding. You know, I always talk about midfielders and attackers not losing the ball. That's a huge part of the game. But when you do that, Scott, and you hit that kind of level 95%, that means you're locked in. It's showing that you're you're not giving the ball away, especially when you're a ball player. So I think with with Jaden, There's, you know, we've talked a lot of high stuff about him at the start of the season. He should be the number seven. This is his time. You bought him for this, that and the other. And then we've gone the opposite way because of what we've seen, that he's not actually been that good overall or not been that reliable. Now, this is the point where Ten Hag is always forced to rotate through injuries and suspension. We've talked about that a lot this season. So you've lost Marcus. You need someone to play on the left wing. Now, what are you going to do with that shape? I think the big... um, differential here that maybe we've not spoken about too much is that because we've had uh, Bruno playing the eight because of Ericsson it's now about right what do you do with Bruno in the attack and I think for 10 hard that might be the bigger question about where do you play Bruno Fernandez? because when Man United play well Bruno's played wide that's been their best performance this year 415 Bruno in the press in one of the wider roles but of course I think we all believe that the wide role is not his best position but if you've just lost your best player on the left, do you go that way? Do you go back to what's worked this season? Or do you say, give Sancho a chance? One of the things that I've repeated before with Jaden is that you're at your time in the season now, Scott, where you have not got time to give chances. It's not, Jaden go and play yourself into form. There's no time to play yourself into form. We have to go and win. You have to help us win or go sit on a bench and someone else will go and help us win, whether it's an unfashionable player like a Veghorst or whether you turn to someone like Jaden, who's one of your more sparkly, shining, exciting footballers. So yeah, I, I thought he did well in the last, in the last match. Um, it was interesting to see that he got the nod and it was also interesting to see that Anthony got pulled before him. Cause I think the natural thing might've been to pull Jaden at that point, And it was actually Anthony who got pulled on the hour mark. So yeah, big opportunity for him. And if, uh, If Marcus is out for any period of time, we have got to find that creativity in the final third to be able to score goals. Marcus Rashford is like an isolation basketball player, he says, with his basketball top on, where he can get the ball and go and make his play. Can Jaden do that? Well, yes, but we don't see it. Martial can definitely do that. But you need them to work as a unit, Scott. And that's where Bruno Fernandes might be the key to all of this in the final third.
2: I think that the difference maybe between them is the dynamism and the speed of each of Mm. them. Uh, Rashford, you know, he's always had that kind of explosive turn of pace, change of direction. Whereas with Sancho, it's kind of more, I don't know what the word is really to, to, but kind of elegant in a sense, but not not too quick. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Whereas Rashford has developed this year like a killer instinct. Yeah, Uh, and Eric Ten Hag has worked on that with him. Yeah, he's always kind of had it, but never had it in quite as much regularity as now. I don't think you'll see that kind of that side of Sancho, but he does offer offer different things in that position. You can see it in the assist. I know it was from the other side for Scott McTominay the other day, that clever pass, which maybe Marcus Rashford isn't capable of completely. And this is why you have to like lean on
3: all of your strengths and not just be maybe fixated on just your weaknesses like you just said there with Marcus Marcus's game is that he can either get behind you if you play too high as a defense he's got that pace but he I've always called him kind of straight line player yeah like he wants to exploit what's in front of him that's what he does jaden's not really like that jaden wants more touches of the ball wants kind of to play in quite happy to play in tighter spaces and maybe play kind of one twos out of that zone I think what we need from Jaden is that elite version from Dortmund who could also get behind the defence. And I, I think that might be the trick here. Um, but, you know, we haven't spoken about him because he's been injured as well, but kind of smells to me a little bit like a Garnacho setup up here. Like if Garnacho can come back in the team and hit the ground running, we don't really know where his status is with that. We do believe that he's not far off. Um, if he can get back in the team in the next week or two and Marcus is, say, out, Say worst case scenario to the end of the season. I think Garnacho is the guy that can score you goals. Garnacho is a bit more of a killer on the left side than I think Jaden is. Interesting also to see Jaden get moved to the right in the game because we haven't seen a lot of that this season. And it lasted all of about five minutes. The manager literally went to the right, didn't like it, and was like, "Back over that side, mate." <laughs> you know, completely moved it back, moving him back to the left. So really interesting. And I also think that Bruno Fernandez. I'm gonna keep saying it. False nine. You know, we've said it in it last year that I like the idea of that. If you if you haven't got a striker that scores you goals, Bruno can score you goals, all types of goals, Scott, in the penalty area. If he's in it, if he's in the penalty box, I'm happier the ball fall into him than say Veghorst. But then what does that mean? It means you have to do the press still, you have to do all the energy work. You then might have to play with Sabitza behind you as a ten because he gives you energy going that way. Um and you've got to find a way now. This is all about methods, but Getting past the madness.
2: You've just lit, reeled off a bunch of midfielders there. Obviously with Casemiro and Eriksen back, yeah. you've got a lot of options in there. Bruno Fernandez, Scott McTominay, Fred, Marcel Sabitzer. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of them. Uh, so you do have different options in the midfield <clears throat> to change things up a bit. And then maybe, obviously, as you mentioned there, Bruno Fernandez playing wide or through the middle. We have we haven't really seen him through through the middle all that much. No. At false nine, whereas we've seen him more on the wings. Anthony can play through the middle. He did once, um, didn't? <laughs> you know, it's not not what I would pick. Uh, but let's talk about uh, let's talk about Tony, shall we? Just because he's had a couple of introductions off the bench, and he got a goal. He always always seems to score against Everton. Uh, but that was hopefully an indication <laughs> that he will be able to stay fit. Hopefully an indication that he's getting back up to speed. I know it was a simple finish for him, but if that chance falls to Vecorst at times, you (laughs) maybe think, is that a necessary guarantee he scores that? I'm not so bothered. Well, of course I'm bothered. I'm not so concerned if if Anthony Martial is fit and able to play actual minutes during this absence of Marcus Rashford. What are you seeing from him? What does he add to the team when he's there? Do you know what he does? He just kind of
3: calms everything down. So you talked about, say, like the likes of Ericsson slowing the game down and making it manageable. Anthony Marshall just gives you that as a centre-forward. Like, you know you can link through him. You know you can push him into wider areas. You know he can run the last man. You know he can press. You can do all those things. And this is kind of maybe like we've seen it with Veghors where you become exposed, don't you? Because Veghors can do the press but just doesn't score goals. That's a big problem at this point of the season. You need to score goals. So you've got to find a way, haven't you? And it was so much written and talks about Anthony Marshall's injury problems. And unfortunately for him, like the five injuries he's had this year, all different ones, all little knocks, all horrible stuff that stop you from training, stop you from being fit. You've got to get over that somehow now, Scott. And you're now at a needs must scenario again. So no markers for X amount of weeks anti Marshall is going to have to start games. And we only said in our last show, you probably won't get away with starting anti Marshall in games. So that is a like for me, that is a concern because I look at this and if you say, get a fit and fire in Martial for the end of the season, I think you're all right. I think you'll get top four. You can do what you need to do. I'm not so interested in the cups anymore. Like I know we're deep in those competitions, but for me, it's top four. Now that is it. Now you got to get top four. And if you get top four, Tick that box, go to preseason, and get on with your life. You can do it. But you need Martial for that. And I think you also do need Garnacho. So I think kind of the balance of the attack, it will be about maybe some of these guys that haven't helped us as much this season because of injuries and form and for them to be able to, you know, burst that bubble, jump out of it and finally become relevant for Man United. Because even though we've had a good season, Scott, it's been the same protagonist, hasn't it? It has been Casemiro talk, Rashford talk, These guys have carried the football club through what could have been a much more difficult period for us. Now it's up to the likes of, say, Tony Martial to come back into the team and play more minutes than maybe his body will let him. But he's got to push it because we're at the end of the campaign. And I think he's playing for his career next year. I really do. I think him and Jaden both have got points to prove, and they've got to play like that. They've got to show that they can be on a football pitch for at least an hour and that they can do 10 hard things.
2: On uh, Martial's long-term career, that's an interesting hmm. point, actually. Let's say United do go out and buy their ultimate long-term striker. Yeah. How does he fit in? Does does that mean he has to go? Do you think he'll want to go? Um, because I think he's, he's on too much money for this role, and yeah. ultimately he does have to leave. But having him as an understudy to a, an elite striker is not a bad position to be in if he's fit.
3: Yeah, I think that that's the big thing, if he's fit. So does he really believe that if you say he left Man United tomorrow, and let's say he signed for Tottenham Hotspur because they needed a striker, and he went to Spurs, would he be able to play all the minutes for Tottenham because he wants to play? Probably not. He's probably going to get knocks, isn't he? And not be in the team. He's probably better as a rotational figure. And maybe he understands that a little bit more now. Like, he's not old. We know this, yeah? Like, if he was fit, I don't think there'd be any problem. We wouldn't be having this debate as much. But I do think that you've seen enough of this season and maybe even previous seasons to know that Anthony Marshall. one thing he isn't is reliable. He's just not physically reliable. For whatever reason, if you get these little knocks, Scott, I always think about accumulation. Like, if you had one big injury, that can happen. It could be bad luck. You're out for six months or whatever. Those things do happen. But Martial, it's about recovery. So that tells me that Man United will definitely go by a striker. And then it means, like, what do you do with Martial? Well, he's either going to still be at the club because he's proved that he can score goals and you can use him off the bench. I think he might be all right with that. What you just said there about the contract is really relevant. He's on way too much money for this role player role. You know, you could play a kid there and uh, an 18 or 19 year old who gives you minutes off the bench. That's not what you want anti Martial for. This is a French, you know, world, is you know, players played at World Cups and big tournaments. You want him available, don't you, all the time? So that's been the issue here is that he's not been available. It's not really been the issue about whether he's got the quality, which maybe in years gone by it was, wasn't it? It was like Cam Martial. Give you the quality. I think we know that he can. It's just that you've got to get him fit. He's got to be able to play.
2: Real shame, really, that Martial finally is working with a coach who is probably quite suited to him. Totally. Uh, And we've really not seen enough of him at all to. Although, even Ten Hag, like he's mentioned, the games against City and the games Mm. against Liverpool. I think there was the assist that he gave for Rashford's second goal against Liverpool. He came on and scored twice, even though United lost 6-3 against City. Obviously, there's the Everton game the other day. Just very, very small roles, though. Mm-hmm. But he's got the technical quality to be able to offer United what Ten Hag wants in that position. And he has an, a, an extra goal threat, which Vegos doesn't have.
3: Totally. And I must admit, though, like, as a fan, I don't get misty-eyed about these things. Like To me, I'm not saying football is a bits of meat, but this is a team sport, and you either help the team or you don't play for us. (laughs) And I I don't really have a lot of wiggle room in that. And I look at Anthony Martial, I respect his talent. I think he's a great player. And if he's fit, I want him to play. But if not, then good luck in your career. And we'll go buy someone that can do that, because there are players out there that can. So this is going to be a kind, I think, an, uh, an evolution of a situation here when we get into the summer, because I don't actually think it's about whether Anthony Martial is good enough anymore. I think we all believe that he is. It's just that if it's bits of his body, don't stop falling off because that's really important. So that's how I see it. And I think it's a shame for him, but he's got to find a way to stay fit. And I know that's a a strange thing to say, but I think the manager has actually said similar things this year about all sorts of players. Like you've got to be fit for me to select you. And if you're not fit, you can't be selected. And therefore, your place in this squad is at threat. This is your job. You've got to come to work. So coming to work means winning games. So Anti Martial, if you can come to work in the next few weeks and help us win games, then maybe this conversation changes a little bit, Scott. But I don't actually think it will. I think Man United are going to be buying a big-time striker because you need someone that can play, what, 60 games a season? Like, without thinking? Look at Bruno. Like, you know, I give Bruno stick. Bruno might, might end the season playing 72 games if he plays every game to the end of the season. Now, that's mad, isn't it? But it shows that Bruno's got the engine. He does it. He doesn't get injured. That's really important. And you need your striker you to do that as well. yeah,
2: touch wood there, Rob. Might want to touch wood. Fingers
3: crossed. Like, yeah, touch wood. I have my desk's here in front of me. Yeah, like touch wood because those things can happen. But there are players, aren't they, that that do seem to have a superpower with their fitness. Like Their fitness just carries on and on and on. They don't get little niggly knocks. And they manage their bodies well. And then even someone like Marcus... You always expect these kind of blowout injuries because of what he is. He's always going to blow something out eventually because he's explosive. And that means he's going to be out for a few weeks at some point. So you need a robust squad that can cover those things because some players just can do it and other players just simply can't. I think with Martial now, a big point of the season for him to show that he can do it. And then maybe he does stay next season, but I really don't think he'll be first choice next year if he's still at Man United.
2: I'd be remiss. Uh, it, it'd be remiss of me not to not to mention this since you just did talk about Bruno Fernandez. It did have a few tweets the other day saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, ask Rob about Bruno's performance because I <laughs> obviously I think people who listen know that you are quite critical of him at times for his it is it, not his inability to keep the ball. Maybe that's the thing, but you know,
3: two really good performances in midfield, two two great number eight performances in the last two games. Well done, Bruno. <laughs> What about the other performances? So, this is the thing. Like, I I was pleased that Bruno played so well in the last game, and you needed that. If you didn't have Bruno playing well in that eight, you lose to Everton. That's what happens. Again, I'm not misty-eyed about these things, just trying to call it flat and straight. And I think with Bruno, the problem for him is that because he can do so many things well, that he's the kind of player that gets used in the versatile roles. Do you know what I mean? People saying, Oh, we're gonna stay Bruno as the eight now, like, right? well, no, Ericsson's back. Ericsson will play the eight. It's like when Casemiro's there, who's playing your number six? It ain't Scott McTominay. So it's one of these things is that Bruno did really well in those last games, but he's played two or three times in midfield and played well. And then also had two, three, four games where he wasn't as good. I don't really blame him for that. I don't want to see him deep in a football pitch, Scott, do you? So I get all the time. It's like, you hate Bruno, Rob. It's like, oh, I'm so bored of it. I, I'm, I'm, I don't hate Bruno. I just want Bruno to be the best version that he can be. And I think... Now with Marcus being out of the pitch, you need Bruno higher up the pitch. You need him in those attacking areas because he's still a great number 10 in those parts of the pitch, I think. But I think he'll play wide. I think that's what we're going to end up seeing with him. I would not be surprised to see him on the left doing the Marcus role and Anthony on the right.
2: You mentioned Christian Eriksen there. He is now back. I I have this, uh, not agenda, but I'm, I have a campaign that bearded Christian Ericsson is going to be the best Christian Erickson that we've ever seen Uh, because he just looks older and wiser and a little bit more rugged. And he's been burned by this awful tackle that Andy Carroll put on him in January. And now he's back and he's going to be the best version of Christian. I'm, I'm, I don't want to put pressure on him. He's done a Man United um, channel podcast as well this week. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but um some nice quotes coming out about him. He just looks to me. I, I tweeted a bit a picture of him with his beard in training and the, I had pictures sent back to me of Andrea Perlo in a beard in his mid-30s. And I thought, I mean, he's not going to play that deep, <laughs> but, you know, can he be the same figure or a similar figure?
3: Pretty good comparison because Perlo was a player that got deeper in his latter years and got better just like seemed to be more of a fine wine. You know, when you popped that cork, everything, you know, the liquor that poured out was beautiful. And I think when you look at Ericsson, he came on, didn't he, for those final moments kind of later in the game, kind of got a good 20-minute window in there. And I said to you off camera, he just calmed the world down because when the ball is at his feet, you know, he's not going to lose it. And it means so much in midfield. Like, that is nine-tenths of the law. Is possession. So this guy can play possession, Scott, but can also play the pass. Um, There's also been a lot of talk about what is a playmaker. And I think playmaking doesn't come in your front line. Playmaking comes in that midfield role now in the centre. They're the ones that open the doors and the windows for you to get forward. And Ericsson's that guy for me. Like you're just saying there, beard watch. And I'm sure we'll be watching it in the weeks ahead. A better Christian Eriksen in there, say, than a better midfielder than what we've had with the likes of McTominay, Fred, Bruno, all those combinations. If you've got a number eight in there that can open the door, you might even see that someone like Veghorst gets better opportunities. If he's in the team, he might score some more goals. I've said of life for weeks that United's creativity or lack of it is why those frontline players sometimes struggle because you're not really making those good passes. Eriksen can do that. He did it against Everton just for a short time. Got to keep him fit. And and he's got to start, hasn't he? That This is the same now with Casemiro. If those two guys start, it solves a lot of your outward problems, yeah, in midfield. Like getting the ball forward and ball progression. Those were the two that were really making you tick. And they were the ones helping Marcus get all those goals. So hopefully they can link up with the forwards now. But yeah, just really excited to kind of see him back. Maybe more than we ever thought we would be, say, a year ago when we signed him. Thinking think, you know, this guy's going to be our number eight. He's such an important player in
2: the squad now because there's no one else like him. With a great beard comes great power. Uh, we will see. Hopefully, Christian... He, he was great when he came on. Like You ju- you could just see exactly what you miss when yeah. Christian Harrison isn't there, even in about 20 minutes or ho- yeah. however long he was on the pitch against Everton. Just has that ability with the ball that a lot of United midfielders just don't have. Yeah, uh, some players... Vision- some players, yeah, see the
3: game like their tunnel vision. That's how I see the game. Christian Eriksen sees the game in widescreen. And you see it when he gets the ball. There's never anyone near him. And that's because he's worked out where he can get the ball where no one's near him. That's <laughs> an art. It really is an art. Some players like Scotty will just run through players, lose the ball and have a 75% pass succession rate. So, yeah, Be- beard watch. This is, I think, where we're going in the next few weeks. Let's get Casemiro to grow beard as well. And then we can start making T-shirts.
2: Rob and I are sporting quite thick beards today. So we are. Yeah. I think this is called not shaving though. Well, <laughs> you know, that mine, oh, I'm, I'm going to the barbers today actually. So i have mine tidied up a little bit, but you yeah, too, too. Uh, I'm a big advocate of beards, more beards in the United team, please. With it comes more experience. Uh, and let's see, I don't know why we're, why we're talking about beards, but anyway, uh, my notes have actually come to an end. We were only going to keep this one to half an hour. Anything you want to touch on before we leave today, Rob? No, I think it's a really interesting period now for Man United.
3: And and I think that we've got to this point in the season now where needs must, as we've said, and we need to win football matches. And in some ways, that gets a little bit boring, doesn't it, when we talk about it? Just go and win. Like, we don't care if you play well anymore. And we don't actually care who gets the goals. Just get some goals and win football matches. And that's how I fe- felt about Brentford and Everton. That's how I feel about Sevilla. That's how I feel about all of the rest of the season now. We've seen enough this year to get an educated view about where Man United are in their skin, haven't we? We kind of know where this squad is and how you need to get to the next level. And we'll talk a lot about that in the weeks ahead. But again, I kind of feel a bit quietly okay about stuff against Scott. Like maybe we all felt a little bit down the last few weeks. And I think performances did dip. And there was a lot of evidence to suggest that Man United were going in the wrong direction. You just hope that with Casimir and Eriksen now, that you've stabilised that part. And that, let's say you get Garnaccio back in a few weeks or in the next few games, you've got a good balance again. It feels like you can transition in attack, can't you? You've got players that run in the right, the, the right place on the football pitch. But big weeks for Jaden Sancho and Francis Martial. I think they are the keys to maybe either just coping or really being successful. Like, Man United kick on towards the end of the campaign, wouldn't it be nice, Scott? Hands here, hand-praying emoji. Wouldn't it be good if Man United just don't make a fuss of the rest of the season? Get top four and do it comfortably, and we're not looking over our shoulders going... Oh, look, Harry Kane scored some goals for Spurs. Oh, Suns come back into form. Oh, look, Liverpool have suddenly started winning. Even though I don't think we'll be saying that last bit. Um, all of this stuff could happen. 12
2: points behind United now.
3: Yeah, they're 12 points behind United. And I think Liverpool fans are still saying we're going to win the league. So, you know, it's just what it is, isn't it? Um, but you, you want to make your point, don't you? You want to get in that top four now. Don't worry about Newcastle too much. Just worry about yourselves. Score the goals that Marcus has been giving you. And let's see if someone in the squad can step up. This is where now there's an opportunity, isn't there? Like if Jaden Sancho can end the season well, say last 10 games of the campaign, Scott, kind of the whole season gets forgotten, doesn't it? You go into the summer and it's all clean slate. You go, yeah, Jaden's going to help me next year. But if he doesn't, I think then we will be talking about maybe Jaden Sancho being sold, potentially. There, there is that wild swing of opinion, isn't there, on, on certain players. And and I think Manti Marshall, that's going to be there as well. He might play really well towards the end of the season. You just need him to score goals. And if he does that, it might be a different conversation in the summer about whether you
2: keep him. So interesting time, Scott. Lots to talk about in the next few weeks. I think that's why I'm not looking at this with too much worry currently, just because, like I said at the top, I have I have confidence that eventually these players will deliver and especially Jaden Sancho. I feel like he's got too much talent there to not show his true form. I'm going to sit on the fence with Jaden because I, I've, I've talked him up
3: a lot in weeks gone by and said, I think he should be the number seven. He can do it. He can do it. But he hasn't proved me right yet. And he hasn't proved you right. So I think the thing is now with Jaden is that he just needs more of what he did against Everton. You don't need spectacular every week, Scott. You just need to be effective. Don't lose the ball. Help the team. I think he is doing that a little bit more now. Whether he is your guy that you thought he was, like the 75, 80 million pound player who's going to transform your attack for years to come, debatable. Like, like I think we're seeing how difficult it is for players to do well in one league and then come to this league and do well. I think he's struggling with that that transition, that transformation. Um, But he's got to do it at some point. Or otherwise, you sit on the bench and then eventually your wage becomes a problem, doesn't it? If you're on two, three, four hundred grand a week, but you're only playing 20 minutes a game now and then your rotational piece. No, that's what you want Garnacho to be. You want your 18 and 19 year olds to do that, not, not your Jaden. So um, a big few weeks for him. And I think a, a good opportunity for him to prove a lot of people wrong, but also to maybe prove us right from earlier on in the season when we said that he could be the number seven. Does he get the number seven shirt for you, Scott, next
2: year now as things stand? As things stand? I've 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 been an advocate for it, but no, I, I currently he's got he's got to use this period of time to prove his worth, and I think he's been waiting for a chance mm-hmm. like this to show what he's all about in a Manny United shirt. And I feel like there's no basically all the competition is gone because it's injured at the moment. Mm. Garnacho and Rashford, who are the two players probably ahead of him in the pecking order, are not there. Now is your time to prove that you don't just give these positions back.
3: Yes. And look, look, at the start of the season, we both said it, and I said it, that I want Jaden to get the number seven. I'm going to retract that now. I am. Because I think with that shirt comes great responsibility and ridiculous amounts of pressure, like crazy amounts of pressure. And if you have that seven on your back, it ramps everything up to a certain level. I don't think Jaden needs that. I don't think he needs it in his life. He really doesn't. So, like, I I think before it made sense that he was the seven and that was really what he came to the club to be until Ronaldo came. I think we keep that shirt now on the burner and we give it to someone else next year, having new signing, or you go the opposite way, Scott, and give it to someone like Garnacho, new contract, long-term, number seven, and you do it like you did with Ronaldo and, say, build your way into that and you've got the innate confidence. I don't know if jaden has got that. I don't know. And again, that's a conversation for another day. But if he's going to become effective at Man United, he's got to help, start helping us win football matches and getting back to the best version that he was at Borussia Dortmund.
2: And that time is now. Uh, we will be back soon. Subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes and watch us on YouTube as well. Head over to the channel, like, subscribe, leave a comment for us on anything that we've discussed today. How will Man United cope without Marcus Rashford? We don't know the exact time frame of his injury yet. But who will yeah. be? Will there be a player who can step into that uh into that resp- into that responsibility and deliver on it? Jaden Sancho, Anthony Marcial, we are hoping for more to come from them over the next few weeks in Rashford's absence, but leave a comment for us. Get in touch with us on Twitter as well, at underscore Scott Saunders at underscore rob underscore B and at Mu, for the show. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you very soon for another Promised Land Manchester United podcast.
4: Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret